Hey friend, thanks so much for meeting me here at Frothy Monkey in beautiful downtown Franklin, Tennessee. It's a great place to get a good cup of joe and share together in some good conversation. Anyway, be looking at the menu. I know you're new here. Decide what you want. Text it to me. I'm going to go ahead and get in line and place our order. Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the world, and other things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, always advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. Hey, this is one of those unusual days to where I'm sitting out here on the side of my house, little makeshift porch that we've created, and uh, it's June 22nd, 2021, but it is 1135, and it is so cool, it is mind-boggling, and we had a light rain overnight, so the sky is absolutely sapphire blue with cotton candy clouds, and as I look up against the backdrop of the tall trees that form a green frame around the sky, it is absolutely amazing, and I have a fire that's still going in the chimney here, and to tell you the truth, I need to get a podcast done. I have a lot to say today, but I didn't want to leave this moment because uh, any June 22nd that you have anywhere in the United States that that's this nice is uh, something not to be passed up. So I'm recording this on my iPhone, and it may not be perfect, but I think I'm going to go with it as it sits. But I'm going to start up. I was been I've been writing here uh, since this early this morning, uh, but let me get into it. And this is on mentors. As I sit here on my little makeshift gravel patio that's just outside the side of my house. It's a cool 61 degrees here in Middle Tennessee. Having spent almost all my life in Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas Metroplex, this Tennessee summer is close to heaven to me. I have a fire blazing in my chimney just to my right, which I had optimistically loaded with dry firewood yesterday. I am breathing free and clear, and it's a wonderful thing. After having had what by all measurements was the virus a year ago February, I am constantly reminded how blessed I am to have survived and gained back clear breathing. I thank God that since that time I have had no respiratory problems, zero. To God be the glory. The past few days have been exceptionally special. We celebrated Father's Day with my two sons and family, and I'm so thankful to have my two sons who are outstanding husbands and fathers who lead their families to love Jesus. It's easy to celebrate them. I don't care who you are or what background you come from, There's no parent that enjoys sons or daughters who hurt their wives, husbands, and children through alcoholism, drug addiction, or marital infidelity, to name a few epidemic problems in our homes and marriages today. Yesterday, Monday, continued the real sense of spiritual blessings that is flowing through me right now. My youngest grandson, who turns one year old this Thursday, started walking, or should I say running, yesterday. He was so proud of himself, as he should be, that he would clap after each sprint. What a miracle of God. Think about the learning curve this little human being has been on in under 12 months. On Father's Day, we were discussing his coming birthday celebration, sitting around the the dining room table, and my oldest grandchild, who is five, said, in light of the fact the youngest will celebrate his first, first birthday, that he is zero years old. So cute. To watch the little boy go from a sitting position to an upright standing position and then balance himself and take off walking was amazing. Thank the Lord for iPhones and video recording. My son and daughter-in-law caught it on video as it happened. I've ministered to a lot of people who are in rehab centers going through physical therapy, 
to regain the strength to stand and walk again after battling an incapacitating health crisis. It is hard, lengthy, and laborious. Yet, here is this little two-foot-tall new human being rising from a sitting position then launching forward and walking and running. Astounding, really. Friend, to watch a small human do that against the backdrop of the Darwin theory of the evolutionary beginnings of man is ludicrous. There's no mathematical possibility that a thing went from a single cell that came from nothing then morphed into that. Also yesterday, I had the privilege to see a lifelong friend and mentor and his family. They took time out of their whirlwind visit to Nashville for a family wedding to stop by our house for a few hours to visit before heading, before heading to Nashville International Airport. He actually lives in, in uh, San Diego, California. It was especially special because they shared time with us, even though their two adult sons were with them, the oldest now living in Denver, Colorado. As a parent, I know how protective I am together with both sons in the same room, and we all live in the same city. It's so cool how God orchestrated the events that led up to visiting with my lifelong friend and mentor. I have been friends with him since junior high school. Though he is just a year older than me, I always thought that he was a lot older. We joked yesterday about the fact that he has always had a heavy beard, so he just looked older. Though he just is a year older than me, again, I thought of him as being much, much older. Not much, much older. I guess I'm being a little dramatic there, but I definitely did not consider him to be just a year older than me. We connected through our church where he was always a leader among the kids. He was even a leader to kids who were older than he was at the time. He invested in me in so many ways. He was a strong example of a sincere Christian to me. He grew up hard like I did. His mother and father were divorced. His mother worked hard overnight. He was the third of four children. Uh, I was cleaning out a box of memories as I'm going through my stuff uh, from when I was a kid and making the decision to finally let go of some things from childhood when I came across some notes to me uh, from mentors in my life. One of the notes was from this lifelong friend. I'm talking about the fact I just discovered this note two days before he arrived. It's postmarked November 3rd, 1976. It was mailed with a 13-cent stamp 45 years ago. When I pulled the note out, I didn't remember who it was from. It reads, Dear Kenny, just wanted to drop you a note and let you know that I'm praying for you. I know that God has great things in store for your life and thank him for what you mean to me. My prayer is that you'll always be made aware of God's love and presence in your life and that his will be continually manifested through your life. Continue to allow Christ to live and shine through you. May our Lord, or may our Lord always be your sufficiency. My prayers are with you in his precious love, Jerry, Romans eight twenty eight. When I was a kid, my dad was a raging alcoholic who was gone on the road or in a bar most of the time. Yes, he did teach me the basics of life, even in his majority absence, but he did not teach me about Jesus and how to live for Christ. Guys like Jerry are the ones who showed me personally what being a real Christian was all about, and he did it through time and care, in spite of the fact that his own dad was not in the home the entire time I knew Jerry as a kid. <clears throat> Think about the thoughts, encouragement, and power Jerry imparted in a brief little note card. He took the time to let me know that he was praying for me. As the Christian Bible clearly teaches that God has great things in store for my life. The encouragement and power of those words invoked as I would spend my nights listening to my mother and father fight when my dad would come home in the early morning hours as a 
drunk after staying out till closing time at the local beer joint. God reminding me through Jerry, hey, Kenny, I have great things in store for you. It gets better than this. How many kids today are growing up where no one is throwing them a lifeline, a word of hope? Then we wonder why the kids lash out as they move into adulthood, abandoned, alone, in crisis, without hope, because they never had a mentor to show them the way and speak into their life. And then the prayer over me to always remain aware of God's love and presence in my life. It is easy to let the cares of this life crush those two truths out of your mind. God loves us with an everlasting love, and he is with us always, even to the end of the age. Then he wrote that God would continually be manifested in my life. Jerry understood, even as a senior in high school, that it is not enough to know Jesus in in an internally spiritual way, but that Jesus wants others to see and know him through my life. Jesus manifested in my life. That is what Jerry is to me to this day. He admonished me to allow Christ to live and shine through me. What powerful admonitions. As I talk openly to people I've just met about Jesus, I have the capability to say hard things that are received well. And the reason why is because the Holy Spirit of God given by Jesus is in me. I have the power of God in me, on me, and working through me. What maturity of faith Jerry had as an older teen to know that and to speak that into my life. And then the prayer he prayed that the Lord would always be my sufficiency. Wow, sufficiency, the realization that Jesus is enough, period. The final thought from Jerry in that note, my prayers are with you, gave me a sense that someone else was spiritually concerned for me. Wow, friend, the power and influence you have as a spiritual mentor. This type of friendship and relationship can't be orchestrated or planned. As I have gone through the stages of spiritual development in my life, I was assigned to people to be mentored, and it didn't really work. It didn't stick. I also have been assigned to mentor others, and it didn't really stick either. True mentorship is God-ordained and God-orchestrated. It's formulated out of God-ordained friendships and connections. If you have the privilege to lead someone to the Lord, you have a responsibility to disciple them and help them get down the road to spiritual maturity. That's true. That doesn't mean you're the only one investing in that person. The salvation encounter may be brief and for that moment. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 and 7 reminds us that I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the person The one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. The key is you and I need to stay faithful, continue to develop in our faith and walk in Jesus and be open and aware of those around us that God may be calling us to take time to spend and invest friendship and care with. Mentoring takes friendship, time and care. Dear friend, I encourage you today to think of those in your sphere of influence right now. Is God calling to give of yourself, to open up your life, to invest in that individual, to speak words of encouragement, words of admonition, words of challenge for that person to be more than they are? You can only do it if they're open and they're desirous to have that type of relationship. But I hope that you have someone in your life like that today. If not, it is the will of God that we are to make disciples of all the nations. And so there's a path for mentoring for you, regardless of where you are 
in the path in your walk with Christ. And with that, I bid you peace.